morning we will continue from where we stopped last Sunday. Last Sunday we did talk about perceive and prepare. And I asked the question, when you know that God is moving, when you know that God has something in stock, when you know that God's presence is coming across your place, what do you do? Do you allow God to pass you by? Or do you begin to prepare so that you will retain God permanently in your place? Many times I did mention last Sunday that we feel the move of God. But we expect that, oh, I am not this person, I am not that person. Let people take care of it. But like I said, when you perceive the move of God and you prepare for it, you will retain God permanently in your place. I don't want God to be a guest that comes in and go. I want to have a place in my home, in my heart, for him to dwell and live with me. When the fullness of the presence of God lives with you, every other thing will definitely bow. And we know that the woman that God decided not to mention her name, and I did say that anybody and everybody here could be a Shunammite. You could be a Shunammite woman to your husband. You could be a Shunammite man to your wife. You could be a Shunammite to your sister. Why did the Bible call her great? We see that she was the woman who not only makes space for God in her house, she not only went into a relationship with God, she tested the relationship before she committed. And I did talk about that to any person here, young or old, that wants to get into a relationship with somebody. Forget about, I might have a suit on me. Don't go into a relationship with the person until you have tested the relationship. The woman did not jump into a relationship with Elisha. She did not just bring Elisha to begin to stay in her place until the Bible said she had invited him to eat meal on the table. There she began to understand whom really he is. And the Bible said she went to her husband and said, I perceive that this is an holy man of God. Until you perceive that the man is holy, do not build a house for him in your life. Otherwise, you're going to build a house for a man who is going to come in as wolf in sheep's clothing. Many relationships that have failed in the past and we have been disappointed in the past is because we did not test the relationship. We committed before we decided to test the relationship. When you commit before you test the relationship, you become emotionally attached. You become sentimentally attached, psychologically attached, that it becomes difficult for you to pull back. You say, you know what? He's going to change. She's going to change. I want to tell you, ain't changing nobody. If God does not change me, you cannot change me. Whom God does not change, no one can change. You will end up carrying a burden all the rest of your life. I have never seen a grown tree bent without being snapped. And as we move forward this morning, I'm going to be dealing with another segment of this that I call 
don't bury it yet. Let's see a little bit of what happened in the scripture in 2 Kings, same chapter 4 from verse 20 in the King James Version. And the Bible says, and when he had taken, when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. The verse before that place was talking about when the child was grown. It came and fell in a day that he went with his father to the reapers and they were working. That area shows that every man needs to begin to teach his or her child the responsibility of work. He took his son to work. Can I tell you something you may not like? I love everybody, but I adore so much the Hispanics. Every time I go to Home Depot, now during this spring break, from today go to the lumber stores, you see Hispanic male and female, you see them with their children, 10, 12, 15, 16, 17 years old. You see them in the plumbing aisle with their father. You see them in the lumber aisle. You see them in the electrical aisle. You see them taking their kids to work. Teaching them the mastery of working with their hands. Teaching them alternatives that if for any reason things didn't go the way you wanted, you have something to fall back to. When I started business earlier, the young man that was installing my granite countertop was 17 years old. He told me he started with his father when he was nine years old. And I can tell you till date, nobody, I have not seen a person who is so skilled, talented, and so professional like him. He installs a granite countertop for you, you can never see the joint. It doesn't matter the kind of granite it is that many people say, no, you can't put a joint here. You can't polish it. He will polish it and he cannot find the joint. He's so good. It's the same thing this man did. He took his son to work. But there the Bible says, the young man said, my head, my head. And the father sent one of the messengers and said, take him to his mother. I mentioned that last Sunday. But I'm going to move forward. That every man, most of us here, do the same thing. I have done it one million times. Daddy, what do we have for lunch? I say, call your mother. <laughs> There's something in my finger. I don't understand what's going on in my finger. Um, call your mother. I never made the attempt to look at it. I could have prayed or pretended that you're taking care of it. But it says, the child was taken to his mother and he sat on the mother's laps. And I believe that while he was sitting on his mother's lap, the woman must have prayed every prayer she knew about. When your child is sick and sitting on your laps, what do you do? Do you just look at the child? He must have prayed. He must have casted and bind. He must have prayed. The Lord says, if I lay hands on the sick, he will recover. He must, she must have done everything that she knew she can do. But the Bible says the young man sat on his mother's laps till noon. Why do God decide to put in certain prefix 
Why can God say he sat there for a while and then died? Why will it be till noon? Why is noon half of the day? The fullness of the promise of God is always cut short by the power of darkness when it's almost half. When you're almost ripe for marriage, that's when the hoodlum comes in. When you almost arrive to get your deliverance or get your provisions of God in your life, that's when the challenge always steps in. It sat there until noon and the Bible say, and then died. And I can tell you this morning that that woman prayed all prayers she could. She thought about everything in her life. That which was unexpected that brought joy suddenly brought a migraine. Suddenly brought headache suddenly brought sorrow. How many of us here have received something we were so excited in our life? Relationship, it could be marriage, it could be children, it could be everything that we have looked forward to in life and the same thing now brings you sorrow. The marriage you were so excited with your white garments, so happy. The wedding is the best day of my life. The same marriage is bringing you sorrow. What happened to the best day of your life? Oh, the day I married you is the worst day of my life. But this morning, now uh, we're going to pray that whatever God has given in your life that have come to bring you sorrow, that the same miracle of the Shunammite will take place in your own life. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread. We have been going to the hospitals, challenges, situations, circumstances. We get one good news today. The next day, the doctor gives us a bad news. But I believe that the miracle of the Shunaman can also take place in our life today. And he died. But this is the sweet part of this. The Bible says, and she took the baby, the took the child up. Remember the last message. She built the provision of God up above her. Now the Bible says she do what? Took the same child up into the place where she has built for God. And said, Lord, I built this place for you. Now here, God brings it. God will take care of it. God, I didn't ask for this child. You brought this child. It's time for me to put it in the same place where you laid to get the revelation. And the Bible says she laid the child on the bed and went to her husband and said, let me have one of these servants. I want to go to the man of God and I come back. There is something I was looking for in that place to see whether she told her husband that the child was dead. But I didn't see the place. I didn't see anything that indicates that she told her husband that the child was dead. All she told her husband was, I need to go to the man of God. And the husband said, why, wherefore do you go today? It is not the new moon, neither is it the Sabbath day. There is something I see in that place. Because the husband was not as spiritual as the wife. He was not as deep as the wife. The wife understood that the encounter with God could be anywhere, anytime, any day. But the husband understands 
that you have to go to this place, you have to be on this day or on that day. The woman already had the revelation of Jesus Christ who said, I am the master of the Sabbath. I am the master of the Sabbath. The Sabbath responds to me. I do not obey the Sabbath. The Sabbath obey me. She already have a deeper revelation of whom Jesus Christ, who said, those that worship him, will worship him in spirit and in truth. And if you're with him in the spirit, nothing can hold you captive. Nothing can hold you as a boundary. But the husband did not understand that. He said, why do you want to go today? It is not the new moon. It is not the Sabbath. But she said to her husband, it shall be well. It shall be well. I also believe that this morning, you're going to be able to speak into your future. She had not met the man of God yet. She had not gone to the place. But she prophesied at that moment what would take place when she gets to God. She said, it shall be well. And the Bible says, a young man was given for her to go with. And she said to the young man, Ride, go forward, do not slack for me, except I tell you, I don't want you to be distracted. I don't want you to say because I'm a woman. I don't want you to say I can't ride fast enough because I have a woman with me. When it is time to have an encounter with God, whether you're male or female, he that gets there first matters. And the Bible says, while she was Away off from the man of God. The man of God saw her coming. This is a replica of the same place. When we talk about the prodigal son. The Bible says while he was yet afar off. The father saw him. While the Shunammite woman was away off. Elisha saw her. Before she could see Elisha. Elisha have seen her. Before you and I can see God in our situation and circumstances, God has already seen us coming to him. He knows that we are coming today, bringing our challenges and situations to him before we can get to him. He has seen us from afar. And he sent Kehasi and said, go to the Shunammite and say to her, this is very sweet. Is it well with you? With you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? One of our prayers this afternoon before we close is a three-point prophecies of God in your life that it shall be well with you, it shall be well with your family, it shall be well with your children. He said, ask sir, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your children, with your child? And Gehazi ran to the woman and repeated what the man of God says. And she said to Kehazi, it is well. But she has a dead child at home. She had a dead child at home. I expected her to say, oh, my baby is dead. Oh, I did this and that. But the reason I find out is this. She don't have to discuss with Gehazi because Gehazi does not carry the anointing or the power. Gehazi does not carry the anointing, does not carry the power, neither does he carry the word. And the Bible says when she got to the man of God, she did what Jacob did with the angel. She fell on the floor and grabbed her feet, his feet and said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will neither, I will not leave you alone. Remember, Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. 
We have a song that we used to sing back home. I will never let you go. Unless you bless me. I will never let you go. Unless you bless me. The woman said, I'm not going nowhere. But I believe this morning we can hold God on his feet. And said, we are not going anywhere this moment until what we have left behind that may be dead is resurrected before we get there. And he said, I'm not going to let you go. And to tell you that Gehazi did not understand, the Bible said, he ran and wants to yank her off. And he said, let her alone. Sometimes those who deny us the presence of God are the people who do not carry the understanding, the anointing, or the power of God, but they are still in our midst. You remember the blind Bartimaeus was calling on Jesus Christ, and the disciples of Christ were the ones who told him, shut up. The same Gehazi who stood before, now become the one who wants to deny her the opportunity of her encounter. And she said, as your soul lives and as my soul liveth, I'm not going to let you go. And Elisha said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed, is grieved in the inside. And the Lord had hid it from me. It tells you that you and I can do nothing except God shows it to us. And when God shows, God is the one who will do it. Man can do nothing. And he said, the Lord had hid it from me. I want you to look around you this morning. Look at your neighbors. Turn around. Look around. Look around. Look around. I want you to turn around and look at somebody. So, so many of us here today, we look good on the outside, but in our inside, we are vexed. We are grieved. We have challenges. We have situations in our inside. Yet, we look normal in the outside. She said, For her soul is grieved. Many of us, our soul are grieved. Many of us have sickness, disease, challenges. We have prayed and prayed and prayed. And some of us are looking for children. He has never come. In our inside, we are wounded and grieved. In our outside, we look normal. He said, for her soul is grieved. And the Lord has hidden it from me. He said unto Gehazi, he said, take my staff. I want you to understand the importance of this staff. This was the same staff Elijah had. This was the staff that all the miracles Elijah did, he did with that staff. And when Elijah was being taken by God to heaven, the same staff fell. And Elisha picked it. And the first miracle that Elisha did as he was about to cross the river, the Bible said he used the staff and he struck the water and said, where is the God of Elijah? And God responded. The Bible said the water parted into two and Elisha walked past. And the sons of the prophets that were over there said, surely the spirit of Elijah is upon him. On the same staff, he gave the same staff to Gehazi. The Gehazi went, did everything he could and nothing happened. The word of God is still alive. That the miracles did not happen is because we are not carrying the fullness of God. It is not because God has failed. It is not because God has failed. I want you to bear with me this morning that God is still alive and wealthy. God is still in the miracles. God is still doing his businesses. God is still healing people. God is still raising the dead people. God is still bringing breakthrough. God is still bringing supernatural deliverance in the life of people that I say it and it didn't come to pass does not mean God is dead. It means I am not carrying the fullness of the power and the anointing of God in my life. 
Gehazi went and nothing happened. Gehazi came back and said to the man of God, you will imagine, the woman was right behind him and, Eli and Gehazi went. I did what you told me to do. He said there was neither hearing nor sound. There was neither hearing nor sound. But the Bible says when Elisha went to the place, he got into the house and the Bible says he shut the door just between him and the dead body. This afternoon, I think the hour has come when you need to shut the door to every man, every woman who will be a catalyst of unbelief in your life. Elisha, Gehazi have tried. It didn't work. You don't need to bring somebody who already see that it's impossible. In a situation, you're looking for God for what is possible. There are people who already told you it is impossible. Many who have your situation never survived it. They already said it's impossible. Why do you want to have them in the same room when you're countering God? They are called catalysts of unbelief. Every catalyst of unbelief, Elisha put them aside. And the Bible says, he went in, he prayed. He laid down stretched himself. What he saw Elijah did in the past, Elijah laid down upon a dead man. Elisha did the same thing. And the Bible says what? The body became what? Warmed. He put his nose to the nose, mouth to the mouth. The first CPR began with Elisha. He began to do CPR mouth to mouth. Nose to nose, eyes to eyes, hand to hand. The Bible says the body becomes warm. When you're doing CPR, putting your own air into the lungs of the person, what happened? You're transferring the life you have into the person to have life. Elisha began CPR, a spiritual CPR. This morning, I believe, I don't know how many of us want God to perform a spiritual CPR in our lives today. And he put his nose mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands, stretched upon him. The Bible says the body began to get warm. I want you to tell somebody around you it's about to get warm. My situation is about to get warm. Whatever has been cold is about to get warm. I don't know what I see. I don't know if you're seeing it this morning. I want you to be more excited this morning and tell your neighbor, my situation is about to get warm. It's becoming warm. It's becoming warm. It's becoming warm. And when the body began to get warm, the Bible said he got up, he prayed, he walked he paced the room front and back, front and back. He must have been speaking in the heavenly language. Father, I pose, Kesi Katoro, Ramira, Mira, 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 Costa Rica. He was just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then he turned around, laid back upon the child again, and prayed. And the Bible says the child sneezed seven times. Seven is the power of completion. Seven is the death of completion. Seven is an anointing God created heaven and earth in six days and rested on seven days. Seven is a tower of restoration. Seven is a day of rest. Seven is a time that situations and circumstances are completed. He baby sneezed seven times. Seven times. And woke up. 
And what happened? He said unto Gehazi, Call the Shunammite. And he called the Shunammite. And the woman came, he said, Take your baby. But there's something here this morning. And we're going to our prayer. There's something here this morning. He told the Shunammite to take her baby. I would have run straight to the baby and grabbed the baby. But that's not what she did. The Bible says she went and bowed down on the feet of Elisha first. She worshipped. She honored. She adored God first before she went to the baby. She valued God first before the baby. That's what I see. And this morning, Lord, whatever.